Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Zach Lowe in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll take your calls. We've got an interesting question of the day coming up here. Hembo's got sticky fingers. We'll explain again why. How are we doing over there? I, I, I can't get this stuff off. Literally can't get this stuff off. I wash my hands. I've used four or five different wipes. My fingers are still stuck together. This stuff is unbelievable. If you're joining us, uh, Hembo ordered Spider Tack, this substance that has now been banned by baseball. Just order on Amazon. Came in a day. Easy as pie to get. And we just did a demonstration here that you can pick up heavy objects without having to grip them. So the impact that this has had on the sport has been enormous and it's been deleterious. And I'm glad they're doing everything they can. I support them doing everything they can to get it out of the sport. So all that and a whole lot more going on. Again, the big story in the NBA right before we came on, Woj tweeting that James Harden's status for tonight has been upgraded from out to doubtful, which does beg the question. You know, if you're out, can you be upgraded to doubtful? It doesn't feel right to me. Like, out is out. Well, because... Then you really weren't out, were you? Well, you were then. You aren't now. No, now you're no, doubtful. no, no. Out is out. No, that's why pencils have erasers. No, 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 <laughs> no. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked at a rain, a forecast, mm-hmm. where it said there's a 100% chance of rain? All the time. And then it doesn't rain. That should never be allowed to happen. What does 100% mean where you come from? Every time, every t- like every time it's going to rain, right? No. But that, it was only based upon their forecast, their forecast at that time. No. Then that means there wasn't a 100% chance it was going to rain. At the time there was. No, there you're, wasn't. You're forecasting something. I'm proving to you that you're wrong. It isn't raining. <laughs> 100% means 100%. There's no wiggle room. You're either out or you're not. <laughs> he's out for the game. Now, all of a sudden, he's doubtful for the game. Wait a minute. I thought he was out. Well, now he's not. Out is a definitive statement. Doubtful is exactly what it sounds like. Doubt- they're all doubtful. If, you, if there's any chance you might play, you can't be ruled out. He was ruled out. Now he's ruled maybe back in. I don't like that. Doesn't f- sit right with me. As a person who takes the language seriously, I'm not a fan, so I don't like that. But one way or another, that's not what really has me upset. I was called out on these airwaves this morning by a friend. Jay Williams called me out. So they're talking about the Clippers winning big last night. Paul George, and particularly Kawhi Leonard, playing well and evening up their series with Utah. And Jay Will said this, All the hate that came their way. Where's the hate now? All the hate about Mike Greenberg saying, I want to, we, we should bring Mike Greenberg on the show. His load management rant play, was fantastic. And I though. pay money and I get it. I get it. But you know what else Mike Greenberg will be doing if the Clippers didn't win? We'll be talking about Clippers just fizzling out once again. Fizzling out once again. They're always hurt. Somebody doesn't care. I'm just saying, it, it's, it's great for conversations like this. And Greedy is my boy. We going back and forward with each other on this, right? Because now they're one of the most healthy teams in the playoffs. And now it's 2 2 against the Utah against the Utah Jazz. And now we're sitting here talking about, man, the Clippers can win the whole damn thing. They can win the whole thing. And I have so many different responses to that. The first of which is my biggest problem, biggest problem with load management is that it does work. It is sensible. It's the same as tanking. I don't blame the players for doing it. I don't admire the players for doing it, but I don't blame them for doing it because it is advantageous to them both in the short term and the long. It is advantageous to them in the short term because maybe you find yourself like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are right now, as healthy as you've ever been at this time of year. 
and that gives your team an advantage. I also believe the, one of the biggest reasons they do it, actually the biggest reason they do it, is because it extends their careers. There's some science they have found that suggests that if they load manage in this way and that, it could add two or three seasons to their careers. And for these guys, that's tens of, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's why it's happening. But the issue remains the same. It is the destruction, the demolition of the regular season. The NBA's regular season, my complaint with this was never about the playoffs. And my complaint was never that it didn't work. My complaint was that if you want me to care about your games, you have to care about them too. So if the best way to win a championship is to not play regular season games, in my opinion, we have right there identified a problem. That's a problem. If I could solve it, I would have a whole different job. Adam Silver might be the smartest person I know. He can't fully solve it. He's trying. He's done all sorts of things to do it. He's changed around the lottery to the ping pong balls to the way they change who gets the first pick and the second pick and the third pick, and he added the play-in tournament. He's doing everything he reasonably can to attack this problem. And the only way that it is ever going to be fully alleviated is if the players get on board and make their own conclusion, reach the, the, the conclusion that they are going to prioritize the regular season or it is going to have major lasting impact on the sport, major. Now, it isn't going to affect any of them. These guys have their contracts. They have hundreds of millions of dollars. But what I am saying is that if people become less and less interested in your sport, then over the long run, that's a big problem. Big, not small. And the people who are not going to be impacted by it are the ones who are doing it now. So Adam is doing what he can to address it. And so are a lot of other really smart people. But at the end of the day, you can't make players play if they don't want to. And if they've decided themselves that it is in their own best interest not to, this problem doesn't go away. So my primary response to Jay is, you're not wrong, but I'm not either. I'm not talking about winning the championship. I'm talking about if the games don't matter, that's a problem. And in the long run, it's going to be a bigger and bigger problem. I'm looking at Hembo's face. Are you agreeing or disagreeing with me? Whose I, side of this are you on? I'm on, I'm on your side of this because I sort of see that similarly. And I think all you have to do is look at the playoffs right now, all these series, to see that every one of them has really been defined by player health in one way or another. So as far as I can tell, this is sort of the next frontier of the NBA. And I think that's going to be the, this is going to sort of be the center of, of attention, uh, topic of conversation as we move forward. How can we make sure that my guys want to play and are healthy on, you know, when the games come that matter? Well, let's, let's give a little more context to that. Okay, the Nuggets just got swept Mm -hmm. by Phoenix. If you didn't pay a lot of attention to this season, the Nuggets were playing without Jamal Murray, who, well, you can't say he's their best player because they have the MVP of the league on their team, but he's next level good. He's a legit NBA star player. So they got swept. The Jazz, no Mike Conley. Would that series look different right now if they had their point guard? Donovan Mitchell wasn't being asked to do absolutely everything. The Nets looked like they were going to run rampant through the Eastern Conference playoffs. And down go two of their big three. Joel Embiid goes 0 for 12 in the second half last night. The health of his knee will probably decide that series. Mm. If Joel Embiid can't beat Joel Embiid, he drives the lane last night with the ball in his hands, late in that game, down by one, and he dunks that ball 100 out of 100 times during the season. But he said it himself after the game. He had no lift. He has no knee. So... Health does 
and I guess to some degree always has in sports, determine championships. And if they can figure out ways to, what's the word I'm looking for, to gerrymander their own health situations over the course of the regular season, I understand why they do it. So I'm not sitting here saying Jay is wrong. But what I'm saying is I'm not either. Because that is a problem. It is a problem. You know who's figured this out? Yeah. The NFL's figured this out. A 43-year-old Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl. Roger Goodell figured out a long time ago, I need to keep all these quarterbacks on the field at the expense of other things. So be it. Because that's what matters most. The NBA, the NBA is next in line in figuring that out. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. They've made the game less physical. And a few people, a few traditionalists complain about it. <laughs> and a few former defensive players come on, get up, and complain about this flag being thrown for that hit. And you know what happens? The sport grows exponentially. And numbers go up. Offensive numbers, I mean. And thus, so do all the fantasy numbers, all the interest in that, all the interest in your, uh, your daily fantasy, your regular fantasy, all the gambling numbers that come into it right now. You think fewer people are paying attention to football right now because that was a 15-yard penalty? Rogers got it. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, imagine the last you know, eight, you know, eight teams that are left in the NFL season. Imagine each of those games being de- effectively decided by who, which team still had their quarterback. That's what's happening here. I think that's exactly exactly right. All right, listen, whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York or a mascot in Missouri, ZipRecruiter's technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. And now you can try it for free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up next, I think we have a very interesting little idea here that you're going to be involved in. And basically, it's something that occurred to me last week. I'm going to conflate Jim Valvano with your life next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My buddy Zach Lowe on all the hoops coming up on the Goodyear hotline shortly here. Again, the news that James Harden has been upgraded from out to doubtful, which shouldn't be allowed, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not saying he shouldn't be allowed to play. I'm saying you should never be out unless you're out, but that's, I don't want to get sidetracked by that again. I also want to remind you, you can catch up with our show anytime you want, two different ways. And they're both really excellent. One of them is that we're a podcast. You can download the podcast. Each hour of the show is posted daily as a podcast available wherever you get your podcast. And it's called Hashtag Greenie. 
The other place is ESPN Plus, where we stream live every day, and then it lives there all day long, so you can watch anytime you want. And there may never have been a better day to do that than today, because we did a little science experiment earlier. Hembo ordered this spider tack, and he put some of it on his fingers, and he put his fingers on a baseball, and he lifted the baseball up without gripping it, literally just with two fingers uh, facing down. Then he took those same two fingers and put them on a very heavy coffee mug. And I, I don't. And we should wave at. We should. It's 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 not a normal little coffee cup. It's like a big mug. Like a bowl. It's almost like a bowl. And he lifted that right off the ground. So this stuff is. I mean, it's meant for what is it? Atlas stones. Atlas stones. Lifting atlas stones. So that's. It's not, it was not meant to be used for as a perform. It's a performance enhancing drug. Is what it is. It's a por- performance enhancing substance. It's not a drug. In fact, the owner of this company was called by some journalist to get a comment on it, and he had no idea it was even happening in baseball. It was. It was never even a consideration for him. So, Ever. It's been a problem for the sport. And I'm glad they're doing something about it. So we will see again. All the basketball conversation is coming up um, with uh, with Zach Lowe in just a few minutes. In the meantime, last week I spent a lot of time being reminded of Jim Valvano's legendary speech at the very first ESPYs. And it came a month before he died. And Jim Valvano, of the many things he said that day, reminded us that a full day is a day in which you laugh and you cry and you think. Now, I will say this. Most days we laugh. I hope we do anyway. Most days we think. I hope we do. Most days, I think for most of us, we don't cry. I certainly don't. I can tell you last week I found myself thinking about this a lot because last week, and we talked about this at some length on the air here, I had my son's graduation as the youngest or younger of my two children, and this was a very emotional week for us in a lot of ways, and so I did. I spent a lot of time thinking. I spent a lot of time laughing, and I'm not in any way ashamed to admit that I spent a a reasonable amount of time crying. And so I was thinking about that, and that brought me to this you brought up this notion not too long ago that your wife, Lizzie, oh, no. cried, wept, wept uncontrollably watching the Friends reunion. So we got Ross, we got Chandler, we got Monica, we got Phoebe, and she's weeping. And this upset you, and I understand why. Well, it upset me because she wept during the Tom Selleck segment and I've like this is she was having an emotional attachment to Tom in a way in which I'm just not comfortable because I've never um, I've never uh, sparked that emotion out of her certainly to that extent has has have you ever made her cry in that way I've not we got married two years ago did she cry at your wedding she she, she teared up but she did not weep the way that she did when she saw Tom Selleck on the HBO friends reunion so you're telling me that your wife was more moved by the appearance of Tom Selleck on the Friends reunion than she was in the moment of matrimony. That's exactly what I'm saying. And right. in fact, I, when I followed up with her the day after we talked about this on the show, she stood by it and said, Tom Selleck is a national treasure. She doubled down. I'm not feeling too good about this. She said Tom Selleck is a national treasure. Among other things, yes. But see, she's not old enough to remember when Tom Selleck was a national treasure. That's the part of this. She only knows Tom Selleck as Richard from Friends. So perhaps I'm, perhaps I'm lucky. <laughs> who had like a two-season run, if memory serves correctly, as, a, as a, an ancillary character. But, but what do you do about this when your significant other has this crush? I, I, obviously, there's no way in which I can, I can surpass Tom Selleck on the food chain. I can tell you what you don't do. Tell me. Don't let her see Magnum P.I. <laughs> 
to leave you in 10 minutes. That's what made him famous. I would like to talk to Tom about this, if at all possible. Tom Selleck was Magnum P.I. He was like the handsomest man in the world. Has she ever seen the movie Three Men and a Baby? No, she's, she's, t- she's 30 years if, old. If so, you're going to be one man and a nothing. I'll tell you that right now, because Tom Selleck was a hell of a lot better looking before that. But anyway, I digress. This is what it got me thinking about. I got to thinking, is there any pop culture that makes me cry? And the actual truth is, for me, all the movies that make me tear up, like I will, I don't think I have ever wept uncontrollably in a movie. But there are movies that make me choke up. And they're all sports movies. And I'll give you an example. You know the movie Hoosiers, right? Of course. You know when they make the shot. And there's that one moment where they cut to Dennis Hopper and he's in the hospital room and he's like dancing on the bed. He's wearing like a robe and all that, you know, whatever. He's Mm. like, he's in hospital uh, attire and he's like dancing because he called that play and all that. And and, and every time they cut to that, it's a quick cut too. where they cut to that for like a second and a half, it chokes me up every single time. I weep when Billy D. Williams says, I love Brian Piccolo and the original Brian song. I get a lump in my throat when Jerry gets in the accident and Remember the Titans. Remember the movie Remember the Titans? Remember mm-hmm. that when he gets in the car oh, accident? Yeah. And then later you find out what they're there for is his, I don't know, is this a spoiler alert? The movie's 20 years old. <laughs> it's his funeral. <laughs> that chokes me up every time. And as a kid, there was a movie called The Champ that starred John Voight as a boxer and a young Ricky Schroeder as, the, as, the, as his kid. And John Voight, the champ, he gets killed in the ring. And Ricky Schroeder goes running out there and he's begging him to wake up, wake up, champ, wake up, champ. As a kid, I'm crying at this movie. And so it occurs to me, what is it about sports movies that make us have that emotional reaction? And can I be the only one? So let me ask Nuno, is there a sports movie that makes you cry? That may, I, don't, I don't mean that you sit there weeping, but I mean that is there a scene in a sports movie that routinely chokes you up? No, but that's not to say that you're that, a cold-hearted, no, I was cold-blooded. About to say, that does not mean that it doesn't happen. But I, I just, know it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just I'm just telling you like, it happens. I can't think of something right now. I, I truly can't think of what scene in a movie makes me shed a tear. And by the way, Tom Selleck, Blue Bloods, amazing show. See, okay. that's, that's also where she cut her teeth with Tom Selleck. But, but let me go back to the subject at hand. You're telling me... <laughs> That, you, that, that, yes, Greeny, there are movies that make me cry, but I can't think of what they are now? Yeah, like, I'll tell you, so I'll share a secret with you about me. Uh-uh. A couple years ago, I, I had a, or developed a thyroid issue. So that made me emotional even more. Like, I would sit there and watch something. It would be the last episode of a show, and people are saying goodbye, and there'd be a little tear in my eye. Like, I'm an emotional guy, but I, like I just that. can't remember certain things. See, I would. that's why I know you. I would have thought there would be a lot of these. So my question is, is there a sports movie that makes you cry? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We haven't taken any phone calls in a couple of days, and I really want to do it. Let's have a little fun with that. We'll do a few phone calls on that. Give me some sports movies that bring that emotion out of us. We'll go around the hashtag crew and get some of those as well. And then Zach Lowe will jump in and tell us whether or not we should expect James Harden to play tonight and whether or not it means the Nets will win. All those are next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greenie, the podcast. Ah, that's a good song choice. That's well done by Bubba. Crying is one of the subjects on the table. We're getting super busy here. Greenie, live at the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. We give you 30 seconds from California Almonds. Come into your phone calls on movies that make you cry. I have huge news on Bryson DeChambeau that I don't like at all. And then Zach Lowe will jump in here with the latest on the James Harden injury. So we've got a lot to do before we wrap up today. Again, First order of business, you want to be your best, whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet. To do that, you're going to need some help, your teammate to tackle anything and everything. A handful of almonds have six grams of plant-based protein and are an excellent source of vitamin E and magnesium. It's the snack you need to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So whether you're going for the gold or another round of bingo, refuel with almonds. California almonds own your everyday, every day. Okay, before I come to the phone calls here, and I will reset for those of you just joining me why we're doing that. Earlier in the show today, I said I, the one thing that the, the USGA needed to do was pair Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau in the first two rounds of the U.S. Open. And for those of you not paying attention to it, they're two very high-profile, excellent golfers who hate each other, legitimately hate each other. They have beef. They may have the most legit rivalry in pro sports today. And it is up to the USGA to pair them together if they choose to. But apparently that's not going to happen. And there's a reason. So Brad Faxon, you all know, Brad, I mean, maybe you don't know Brad. Brad Faxon was a terrific player and he's now an analyst. Appearing on Sirius XM PGA Tour radio ahead of the U.S. Open this week. Said he heard that there was a possibility of Kepka and DeChambeau playing together, and he said, quote, I found out last night the USGA actually did call Bryson DeChambeau and his agent to ask if they would be okay with that, and Bryson declined. Boy, there are so many things about that I don't like. I don't know how to count all the things about that I don't like. It begins, if true, with the USGA asking permission in the first place. And then it goes directly to DeChambeau. Look, I don't know either of these guys well. I actually, Bryson DeChambeau was at a, an event that I was playing in one time, and he, he came over and played like two holes with us. 
So I met him. He was a very pleasant guy. It was before he sort of swelled up the way he is now. He was a totally looked like a different person, but he was very nice, very friendly, took pictures with everybody. I mean, nice guy. I have nothing against Bryson DeChambeau, but that's a soft move. If this is true, if they asked him, are you willing to play with Brooks in the biggest, this is the U.S. Open for crying out loud. They're not asking if he can do this at the Valspar. They're asking if we can do this at the U.S. Open. Again, I don't know why they're asking. I, don't, I, I will admit to not knowing to what degree players have any say in that hmm. normally. I, it is, if they have any say in it whatsoever, that's something of which I have no knowledge. Now, there were some traditional pairings. Like it used to be when the PGA was the fourth major, and, uh, and on the calendar they would take the three previous major winners and put them together. There, there were some things like that. But, uh, and the Masters, I think, I think has, still has a few traditional pairing that they do. But to this, I don't think they have to ask anybody's permission for anything. So what's Bryson going to do? Not play? What is the USGA worried about? And I'll say this. I mean, Brooks Kepka is dancing right now. For, 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 the, for this, for DeChambeau to have been, if this is all true, if Brad is right, for DeChambeau to have been asked this and to turn it down and for that to come out is the worst case scenario for him. And we have no info about them asking Brooks, right? Not that I know of. I'm, I'm reading you everything I now know. This is, this is just from Brad Faxon on Michael Breed's show on Sirius XM. So they could have asked him. We just don't know. Correct. Mm. But at this point, it behooves him to say, oh, I would gladly have done it. doesn't make any difference to me. Kepka seems to me more like the kind of guy who wouldn't give a damn. DeChambeau is an overthinker. That is what he is famous for. Kepka is an underthinker. That's what he's famous for. I could easily see this play- playing out the way it did. And look, you're Bryson DeChambeau. You've won the U.S. Open. You want to win the U.S. Open. You don't want this distraction that it would clearly create. I understand that. But if it's presented to you, you can't say no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the USGA puts him in a terrible spot by asking him in the first place, just do it or not. Just put them in the same group. They'll deal with it. They're adults. So I don't like the way any of that was handled again, if true. I know Brad a little. I will try and reach out to him when I can and get a little more information on this for you if I can. Because I, I think the entire thing is fascinating. And, and if it is all exactly as it sounds right now, I don't like any of it. Having said that, I told you that in, in, in my experience, movies that choke me up, again, I don't, I can't remember the last time I, I sat and just cried, like literally just cried uncontrollably. But, you know, last week I choked up multiple times watching my son graduate from high school. It's an experience I'm sure many others have had. And I was thinking about your wife crying hysterically at the Friends reunion. And I don't know why this thought jumped into my head, but it occurred to me that every movie that makes me emotional, that makes me, you know, get that lump in your throat, they're all sports movies. Remember the Titans? That one scene in Hoosiers where Dennis Hopper is jumping up and down on the bed. When I was a kid, this movie called The Champ. Everybody's favorite, which is the original Brian song. Those are the ones that jump to my mind. So I threw it out there because we haven't taken any calls in what feels like far too long. What's on your mind brought to you by my computer career, training for a better life. Let's have a little fun. What movie, what scene in what movie moves you to become emotional? That's my question. Let's get some answers. Bubba, who's first up? First up is Hayden. All right, Hayden, give me a movie that moves you to tears. I'd have to say Radio would probably be the one for me. I was having trouble hearing. What did he say? The movie Radio. 
Have you seen the movie Radio? No, I didn't see that. I know what that is. Give me, is there a scene in particular? G- give, give, me, give me 30 seconds on that, Hayden, that why that movie moves you to tears. Well, there, there's this uh, there's this guy, and he, he has some mental problems. And uh, I guess he, he's like the, the team manager, basically. And he's, he's being picked on in the movie, and they lock him up and tie him up and put him in. I guess it's a – I don't really know what it is, but it, I guess it's like – it's just a building, a little outbuilding by the football field. And they tie him up and throw him in there, and the coach comes and uh, gets him out of there. But that was probably – the scene that did it for me right there so all right i haven't seen, who's in that hembo thank you for the call hayden i appreciate it very much I, that I, I remember that movie's existence but i've never seen it i will say that i i since my kids are born i've seen a lot fewer movies than i used to <laughs> who who was who in that ed harris is the the coach yeah. he's coach jones in that movie and uh cuba gooding jr oh cuba gooding oh yes i do remember that movie now i do i didn't see it i didn't see it but i remember what the movie was all right let's see if we get some more here bubba who's next Let's go to Paul. Paul, give me a movie that makes you emotional. Uh, Field of Dreams, final scene where Kevin Costner's Ray Kinsella uh, reunites with his father and has that catch. Okay. Don't do it. I'm going to make you mad. Don't. I'm not a Field of Dreams fan. I think it's a little over the top. I think it's a little over the top. That's a little, it's a little too much. Like it, it is a little, it is, it is, it is a little too overt. Like that movie is begging you to cry at that scene. It's not. It's it. It is. I I get it. I like it. I grew up. My dad taught me baseball. I had a catch with my father. I'm not a cold-hearted person, but it's a little much. If you build it, they will come. I am not a huge Field of Dreams. Field of fan. Dreams is a perfect movie, aside no. from one thing. Shoeless Joe Jackson hits right-handed in that movie, and I hate it. But that's the only thing that I don't like. I I don't cry, but I'm with I'm with the caller, not with you. Okay. I I. I I find that a touch. I find that movie a touch too much. Titanic-y? It's a little much to take. No, it's not as bad as Titanic. <laughs> Titanic is my least favorite movie ever made because at least Field of Dreams ends. <laughs> like Field of Dreams is a, is a reasonably length movie or whatever, a reasonable length. The Titanic movie took longer than the Titanic cruise. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very long movie. All right, Bubba, who's next? We got Tom. Tom, give me a movie that moves you to tears. Hey, Mike. Uh, it's the end scene of the movie Miracle, where you get the real audio about Michael saying, do you believe in miracles? Mm-hmm. And they cut to Herb Brooks, and he pumps his fist, and the look on his face is like, we did this. Yep. I sob every time. That's mm. a really good one. Actually, every time I see that, that moment, just that moment in real life, um, like the actual miracle on ice, and I see Jim Craig skating around with the flag saying, where's my father, and all those things. That chokes me up, just that. And the movie obviously does a brilliant, it's a very good movie. That's a very good call. That's a very good call. I thought of another one. Stace cries every time the movie Rudy comes on. She mm. cries just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Stace, if you, him up, next him time up. you see her, just go, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, and Stace will start tearing up. She loves that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it, it's good. It's not as good as it, it, it doesn't get me like some of the other ones Got do. It. It's another one that, in my opinion, goes a little too much. Too much. It's trying too hard. Like you're not going to get you're going to get me with the subtlety, with the nuance. But you're not the demo. You're a hardcore sports fan. You have to pull in like people like your wife. No, I That's the intention. That. I'm not saying it. I don't like the movie, but I'm saying it doesn't choke me up. Got it. The way some of the others mm. do. Bobby, you got another one. We got Chris. All right, Chris, give me a sports movie that gets you. 
Hey, Granny. First of all, I love your show. Um, I grew up with this one. It's the natural when Roy Hobbs hits the home run into the lights and he starts rounding the bases Mm -hmm. and the sparks are falling down in slow motion and they got the music playing. That always got me. I'm with you. That's a great movie. The Natural is a hundred times better movie than Field of Dreams. Hundred times better. Hembo, I'm looking right at you. Uh, baseball historians widely consider The Natural to be the best baseball movie. I, I, I'm with you there. It's a really, really good movie. You know what baseball movie I like? It's mm. the opposite. It's not. It's not, it'll never make you cry. What is that? Um, uh, it just jumped out of my head. Major League. Kevin, no, Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Bull Durham is a great baseball that's movie. That's a good baseball movie, too. Definitely not Major League. <laughs> I, well, I, I like Angels in the Outfield. I like Major League. Angels in the Outfield. That's, <laughs> that's what we should next do. Sports movies. That, Bubba, you got one? I, I'm told Zach is ready, so I want to get him in here. Bubba, is there a sports movie that makes you cry? No, all the ones we've hit. Yeah, Rudy, Remember the Titans. I mean, I, I would tear up at most things that... Most things that are emotional, I I tend to tear up when watching the sports movies. So. You're an emotional man, aren't yeah, you, buddy? Yeah, you're very you're a very soft, sensitive person, and absolutely. I do I do appreciate that about you. All right, thank you for the calls, everybody. It's fun. Let me bring Zach Lowe in on that. Zach, through a variety of ridiculous circumstances, <laughs> um, and Zach Lowe, of course, his podcast is called The Low Post, and he's as good on the hoops as anybody else that you'll ever talk to. Is there a sports movie that makes you emotional? That you tear up, you get the lump in the throat, anything like that when you're watching it? I'm a sucker for almost any sports movie. Look, Hoosiers is problematic in a lot of ways and is not aged super well. But when when Gene Hackman says in the huddle before the last game, I love you guys, like I just don't care if if there's been some issues with the movie going since then. Like that is – and then they play that voiceover at the end and they replay him saying, I love you guys. Like, mm-hmm. that, that gets me every time. Me too. And I mentioned it earlier. When they cut to Dennis Hopper jumping up and down on the bed in the hospital after his play is the winning shot, I, I'm with you. I, that, that, that scene gets me. All right, the great Zach Lowe. He's a sensitive man. Let's get down to business. So your buddy Woe just is tweeting right before I came on here that James Harden is going to give it a go pregame. What do you expect? I have no idea what to expect. I don't think the Nets know what to expect. Um, look, they've been they've been deferential to James because he knows his body better than anyone else. Given his durability and the fact that he you know has not won a championship and this is a golden opportunity for him, I, I think he's going to give it a real go. I, I just don't. I mean, what to expect? Who, who knows? But they need him because the load on Durant is now enormous, and you run the risk with every one of these injuries of like the only guy left has to do so much. You worry about him wearing down. You know, I well, I have a, so many questions about this. If they don't get anything from Harden or Kyrie tonight, assuming those guys don't, we know Kyrie's not playing. Let's say they don't get anything from Harden tonight. Can Kevin Durant win this game by himself? Kevin Durant can win any game by himself, but I would pick the Bucks to win in that circumstance. I just think, you know, they built this team around these three stars, which means the, the more you take away from the stars, the more you're counting on guys who are just not, scorers and the the amount of offense around Durant, the amount of shooting shrinks to such a degree that it's just so hard for him, by the way, against one of the best defensive teams in the league. Correct. And and so that got me to thinking, like if Durant manages to put this team on his shoulders and get them through this round and then they go on to win a championship, let's say they get Harden back and they get Kyrie back or one or the other, and they wind up winning a championship. I think you could say that with the, but the potential for that being out there I think this might be the biggest game Kevin Durant has played since he left OKC. 
You know, and it was in Golden State. That they not that, not that they didn't have their backs against the wall that one time against Houston or whatever it is, but he always had others to sort of share it. If he puts this team on his shoulders and carries them through this round by himself against the two-time MVP and Giannis, I, I think there's as much on the line for him here as there's been in anything he's done since he left OKC. Am I crazy? No, you're not. I mean, what are we comparing it to? I guess the finals against Miami in 2012 and the 2016 conference finals against the Warriors, which ends up being his last series as, as a member of the Thunder. But yeah, and it, it's almost like it's it's it is a huge game. But I don't. I also don't think there's like I, I think it's it's not quite house money if they win. Mm-hmm. But the expectation I think is for Durant to have a huge scoring game, but the efficiency may be middling because there's just so much pressure. I'm like I don't think anyone's gonna judge him harshly if he shoots nine for 23 or 13 for 30 you know what i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you i think it's more in this one unique case it's less about what happens if he plays badly or if he isn't spectacular than it is what happens if he is you know i mean kevin durant still has and you're well aware of it and so is he because he's constantly you know responding to everybody on twitter um he's well aware of the people who will take away from him the championships and other things because uh, because of the can't beat him, join him kind of thing. I, I think that there's something legacy helping, uh, for, for lack of a more poetic way of putting it, that he could get out of this if he plays huge and carries this team himself. Absolutely. And and by the way, for, for better or worse, that's what he signed up for when he joined the Warriors. Like, and I don't think it's 100% unfair. I mean, it's unfair to take the championships away. I mean, the guy was the finals MVP. They beat a great Cleveland team the first time around. But, like, he had to know that people were going to say, you know, in our minds, do those count for two-thirds of a championship, whatever it is, but that, that fans were not going to universally give him the credit that he thinks he deserves. Like, that was part of the deal. I'm with that. Uh, Greeny and Zach Lowe here as we go through all the, the very interesting pieces of this NBA postseason puzzle here in the net to trying to put this thing back together, and we'll see what they're able to do. The officiating has been a big part of the storyline, particularly those two games in Milwaukee. Um, any expectation with regard to how that will impact the game tonight? Yeah, it's, I think it's a huge deal. Uh, I think, you know, frankly, like in the regular season, I don't think P.J. Tucker could guard Kevin Durant the way he guarded him in Milwaukee. And that's not bad. That's not good or bad. It just, it just is. I think those games were officiated differently than a typical regular season game. And the level of physicality was off the charts. And so, yes, I will be watching the first five minutes of the game. Is there a quick foul? Are there two quick fouls on PJ Tucker? If they're not, do the nets respond in kind by, Hey, we can defend this way too. We can defend physically too, or one thing or another, as long as it's consistent, you can't complain. If it becomes inconsistent, if all of a sudden the officials are, are calling a little bit softer, I think if you're Milwaukee, you're like, Hey, well, what the heck? We just established one standard. Now you're, now you're going this way. I think like that was the story of those games in Milwaukee. Durant looked unguardable in the first two games. Tucker had no chance. Durant was too fast, too quick, too tall. And all of a sudden in games three and four, Tucker found a way to grind himself into that matchup. Right. He basically was just grabbing him at every turn (laughs) and holding on for dear life and hoping they didn't call it. Yeah, absolutely. He was playing. He was like Steve Nash said, non-basketball plays. And, you know, that might be hyperbole a little bit protecting his own player, but there were moments where I'm watching that game like, my God, they are letting him get away with everything. Me too. And and I heard, I mean, Steve Nash said that because that's what coaches say in that circumstance, but there were seeds of truth. All right, I'm up against the clock here, Zach. I got to run. Thanks a million, as always, my friend, the Low Post Podcast, uh, which is the best in the business, as is Zach himself. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you soon.
Always appreciate Greeny. Be well. All right, he was running. He was he was taping his podcast, so we got in as much as we could there. Again, I don't expect Harden to go tonight. I respect him for trying. I think that's the right thing to do. I think he's doing what he should do, which is he should try. But they still have a game left. They can lose tonight and still win the series. I expect to see him when they lose their third game, assuming they do lose a third game. But I've told you already, I think Duran wins the game tonight. We'll see, and I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.